Hey hotties, a quick trigger warning before we get started. In tonight's episode, we discuss consensual non-consent, otherwise known as CNC, rape play, or rape fantasy. CNC involves consenting adults pretending not to consent to sexual activities, and it may be triggering for some people, especially anyone who has experienced sexual assault. So please use your discretion as to whether or not this episode is right for you. I think there is something exciting about giving up control in that moment. It's sort of like you you can lose yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not in charge. You don't pull the strings. Yeah, that is really free. Welcome to Two Hot Wives, a podcast where two friends in open marriages explore the exciting world of unconventional sex. Hey, hotties. I'm Kat. And I'm Ams, and we're the Two Hot Wives. So tonight we're talking about consensual non-consent. Yes. What does that mean, Ams? Yeah, consensual non-consent, otherwise known as CNC or rape play, rape fantasy, is a really common kink and not something that a lot of people talk about. Right. And we gave a nice little warning before we started our episode, but I have a little something to add to that. Yeah. You know, in the first season, mm-hmm. we talked about doing this. We talked about doing consent, non-consent. Mm-hmm. And I was a hard no. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, because I felt like this is something that kind of would trigger me. But as we've done three seasons, yeah, and I've learned so much, and we've explored so many things and deconstructed so many things, I've realized that I'm not triggered as much as I thought I was. Yeah. And there is a little bit of therapeutic value. Yeah to deconstructing some of these things that might trigger us and discovering that we can take our power back. We can take our power to experience sexual kinks and not always have that reaction. So I want to say to those who, you know, could be triggered by this, if it's not a strong trigger, if it's not something that's going to really hurt you, you, you might consider giving it a listen anyway. I think that's such a valuable point. Thank you for sharing that. Because I know, like, we have talked, you know, with the the recordings not going, we've talked about CNC for over a, a year. <laughs> and whether or not this is a topic that we are the right, the right people to tackle. Right. Because I think at first, I thought even the subject itself might be very offensive yeah. to a lot of our listeners, yeah. especially those who had been a victim of sexual assault. Yeah. Which is a shocking and sad number large number of of people not just women but but obviously for a lot of women this is part of their sexual history something that that they carry with them every time they go into the bedroom you know at some level right but on the flip side cnc is an extremely common fantasy something Mm -hmm. that i've certainly experienced and i think that people should talk about the fact that it's normal to fantasize about these things in a safe, sane way. I think for me, it was the bondage episode in particular mm. that really changed my mind about a lot of these sort of forbidden experiences. Yeah. 
because we can deconstructed that in a way that made it feel safe yeah. and fun. I'm going to give this one a try. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if this is something, especially women, if this is something that you're curious about, the whole point of this episode is to deconstruct what this fantasy is, to normalize it for the 61% of women who, you know, have this fantasy. And to bring it out of the shadows. Yeah. Because people want to talk about it, but they, they don't feel like they can. Yeah. And there's so little information out about it. So we're going to get into a, a lot of detail on CNC, provide you maybe with some tools on, on how to explore it in a safe way. But before we really get into it, Kat, what is this delicious autumnal drink we are drinking? It is the autumn sangria. I love it. I love all things fall. I know. But I got very excited because I'm like, this episode is going to be in fall. Yay. Uh, it is apples, apple juice, or apple cider, really, citrus juices, and red wine. Yeah. It's perfect. Over ice. Yummy. It's perfect. I, I mean, sangria is always fun. You can, it's like one of those kitchen sink kind of things. You can throw any fruit mm -hmm. that you have in there, but it's really good. I love it. And with our cocktails, we need some hot tails. Tell us all about your hot tail. All right. So before I get into my hot tail, I have a question for you. Do you ever cry during sex? Yes. Do you? I have. Yeah. Absolutely. When emotion just, you know, overwhelms you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like a ugly crying sex. <laughs> oh, no. Is, are you sure this is hot? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, for me. It probably is. It is really, really hot. Like, I, to be overwhelmed by the emotions and the, the moment. Yeah. 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 I I have found the better my sex life is, the more likely I'm going to cry. It's not everything. It's yeah. almost never like swinger lifestyle type play right. that will result in, in tears for any reason. Because But it's like under circumstances where I feel overwhelmed, out of control, vulnerable, but in really awesome ways. That it's a sometimes, good cry. Yeah. Sometimes the waterworks will come out. So I find it comes up in like three different scenarios. One, it's like edge play where, you know, my partner is just edging me for like an hour plus. The play is like really intense, but not reaching orgasm. And it's this like fun frustration, like really intense. Or it's like, pushing past orgasm. So, you know, you get to the point where you're being stimulated so much that you reach orgasm and your partner won't stop playing with you. Do you ever do that? You're no, looking those, at me like that's insane. Well, no, what I'm I'm wondering is are those good tears? When is Oh, yeah. Okay. It's it's like yes, because it all feels it's not like I'm in pain or anything like that. It's just the intensity of it. And it doesn't always work. Like this only works with partners who know me and know mm -hmm. my body really, really well. It's not something that like, you know, a new play partner yeah. should be fucking around with. <laughs> right. Don't do that. If I tap you on the shoulder, stop. You're done. <laughs> stop. And then the third is this like punishment kink that Mr. Ams and I have going. So I weirdly like to get 
caught doing something and get in trouble with Mr. Ams. It's not just punishment. It's like the getting caught, being called out on it, being punished, and then like getting to absolution at the end of the experience. And I'm not Catholic, but like I, it makes me think of like confessional, mm-hmm. right? Did you ever watch Fleabag? I wa- I did. I watched some of it. I I didn't I didn't watch it all. Okay, so in the <laughs> but sec- I liked it. In the second season of Fleabag, she's like has this intense emotional affair with a priest. With a priest. And there's a scene where they're like in the confessional and he starts, to, it almost like flips and he starts confessing to her. And then like, you're like, oh my God, they're about to jump each other's bones. It's like the hottest thing I've seen on He's television. He's been holding that in way too oh, long. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's that like the intensity of emotion that can mm-hmm. come out of that will make me cry sometime. Well, we had a day on our trip to Desire where I got to experience two out of those three like super intense sexual experiences that just absolutely wrecked me. (laughs) So it was near the end of our trip and I was trying to line up time with Mr. Cat. Like we just didn't have any alone time until I think it was like the second to last day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, vacation sex is really fun. Always, always fun. Intense. You have like a really long timeline. And when it finally sort of came up, I was so excited to like jump into that experience that I didn't do a great job of communicating with Mr. Ams before we like ran off and, and went into the room. So, you know, Mr. Cat and I had amazing mind-blowing sex. He was like, edging me and pushing me and and I was like my hair was a wreck mascara is like running down my face like awesome but I'm not even going to talk about that that is like a hot tail for another day but when we came out of this like two hour sex session and I I look like you know I've been dragged through the mud Mr. Ams was furious. Like I have never seen him so angry on vacation. Now I was there that day and I didn't know he was furious with you. I didn't know he was upset. Well, it wasn't even really me. He thought I, I was supposed to check in with him and you know, it was miscommunication. He had like a work thing come up and he thought I was in the room. So he didn't want to grab his laptop and he's freaking out about the work thing. And it just was like, and then he just like ran off and I'm like, oh my God, he's really pissed at me. So I went back up into the room. I'm like tiptoeing in while he's finishing up his work call. And I'm trying to like rub his shoulders and like make him feel better. And he finally wraps things up and he turns to me and he's like, you are in so much trouble. Oh, oh. uh-oh. That really flipped it. <laughs> I'm, and, and I'm thinking, okay, maybe, maybe this is play, but there was enough about it that felt real. Like I knew that there was anger there and I couldn't tell, like, was this like revenge sex or like he like pulled me to him and he's kissing me really like hard and deep and we're getting on the bed and we start having sex like in that spooning position. He's behind me, inside of me, but like he's grabbing my hair and kind of twisting it around his wrist and like pulling my head back against his shoulder and like telling me how much trouble I'm in and and I'm going to have to make it up to him. And like, he's, it's not rough, like violent. It's just intense. Like Mm -hmm. he's holding me in a really intense way. And he starts telling me 
that the only way I can make it up to him is if I go up to the hot tub at desire and he's going to tell me the things I have to do. Like if I tell you that you have to give this guy a blowjob, you have to go give this guy a blowjob. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. And did you agree to that? Well, again, there's no like there's no way I would do that. Right. But I kept thinking it in my it head. Sounds like play. Yes, but I was like, oh, he's really angry. And like, if I can get absolution by like doing these things, like maybe I would do it. And there was so much tug of, of thought like happening in my head. Like, okay, well. He wouldn't really make me do this, would he? <laughs> or maybe he would. And like I always knew in the back of my mind he's not gonna that I might have to safe word this. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to make you get on the cabana and spread your legs and I'm just going to send men over to you and you just have to take whoever I send. And I was like, these are not <laughs> oh things God. that I want to do. <laughs> no. Right? There's no, I know nothing you. about that uh, that no. I would want to do. But he's like, if you do this for me, I will forgive you. I will forgive you anything. And he's like almost like pulling me up to leave the bed and go over. And I'm like, okay, I like, I understand this is fantasy. I understand. But there was enough real anger behind it that, that you thought I was like, there was oh a my doubt. God, maybe he will. Oh. It was an, and, but I was like sobbing and the sex was amazing. I'm like sobbing and coming and like trying to decide whether or not I need to safe word out of this because my emotions were already like so ramped up from my first experience with Mr. Cat. Like there's snot running down my face and he's like holding my hair and he's like got his arm like a vice wrapped around my waist and like fucking me from behind. And it was like it was intense, amazing mind fuck. You know, we talk a lot in the podcast about the fact that like your brain is the biggest, most important sex organ in your body. And like I'm I'm trying to remember what we did sexually from this because it was a couple months ago. I don't know. I, you know, I remember this one position we were in, but we probably had all sorts of sex. I I'm, I know I gave him like a phenomenal blowjob because I'm trying to like not make have to up give for other it. and yes, yes, other yes, men yes. blowjobs. But like what I remember is the discussion is this like him telling me if you do this for me, I will forgive you, and like him being really serious, and I am losing my shit. I am just sobbing, and at one point in the middle of the play, he kind of holds my face, right? He's holding either side of my face. And he's like, you know, this is just fantasy, right? Like we kept going, but like- He probably saw your tears and just thought, God, I hope she doesn't think I'm really- Really going to make her do that. (laughs) And like, I understand this is not everybody's thing. Right. I will say for me, this was amazing. This Mm. is like, you know, sex that I remember that like, you know, I have great sex all the time. Mm-hmm. On a weekly basis, I'm having really wonderful sex. This stood out as something different and new and like, oh my God. It, it like so makes real. me tear up even to think about it. Mm-hmm. And when we decided we were going to do CNC, I was like, and we started doing the research. I was like, oh my gosh, this really is a form yep. of CNC. And it was cathartic. It was intense. Mm-hmm. It was incredibly sexual. It didn't actually involve me doing anything I didn't want to do. It was all fantasy. It was all discussion. But it was 
mind-blowing sex. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like, it. talking about it right now, I'm like – there are tears in my eyes. My, I'm all wet. Like are, I'm like, are you seeing my face yes, right now? Yes, God. yes. Like it's the kind of. Sometimes I have trouble like talking about some of the most intense sex that I have on the podcast. How do you describe that right. to other people? But like it can be unbelievably intense. And that was like, I, hmm. like I don't know how I got up and left that room. It took me like an hour to pull myself together afterwards. I'm amazed that you didn't tell me about it. I would have thought like you wouldn't be able to hold it in. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Like oh. I've, I'm using like the, the eye drops. What is it? The lumify uh. eye drops. I'm like blowing my nose and taking a shower to try to pull myself together. It took a really long time. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. And look, that is not for everybody. Like not everybody would want, I'm not sure you would want to have that kind of experience. Probably not. I don't know. I don't know. We'll but see. <laughs> I'm so glad that we did it because, you know, when we started like kink play, BDSM play, it was a lot of role play, a lot of costumes, a lot Mm -hmm. of props, a lot of big storyline. And it's really easy for that to get cheesy and Mm -hmm. inauthentic. But when we power play and it's really us and it's like a real situation and it could really happen, it is so... Wow. intense. It is so intense. It was mind-blowing. Wow. Well, I do like that he told you somewhere in there that <laughs> it, because that I okay. could I think, you know, all of a sudden you could let go and have fun with it. Yeah. Well, and I look, yeah. I knew and I remember thinking you were in trouble. I might have to safe word out of this. Like if he makes me get out of the bed and go to the door, that was it. Like if either one of us touches the doorknob, I'm safe wording. Like, this cannot leave this bedroom. But, uh, you know, that's kind of the best power play for me when I'm, like, right on the edge of having to use my safe word. We were there. Wow. That day. And that was my second amazing sexual experience that day. Of the day. Of the day. (laughs) Of the day. And then, you know, then we got dinner and drinks and watched the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we had a good time the rest of the day. I had no idea. (laughs) All three of you. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, now I'm kind of mad. Okay. (laughs) I don't think it worked for me and you, girl. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't see you punishing me and getting anything out of that. No. Yeah. No, it was, yeah. It was like so intense. And I have trouble sharing it with the podcast. It's so intense and so vulnerable. But like for those of you out there who want to explore this, like, there are amazing places you can go and not leave your bed. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my hot deal. <sighs> let's let's drink our sangrias for a little while and before we come back. <laughs> I know. Ooh, I definitely do need to take a break. All right. And when we come back, we will talk about CNC. And we're back. Whew. Yeah. That was odd. <sighs> yeah. But now we're moving into consensual non-consent. Yeah. AMS. What, what is it? So consensual non-consent or CNC is consenting adults pretending to have unconsensual sex. And 
The key, of course, is consent. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And that can seem like a big contradiction if you're not familiar with this kink. How can you consent to not consenting? Mm -hmm. And we will go into different ways to structure this. But at the end of the day, there is a lot of talking before you actually get to the fucking. Right. And for our guys, our male listeners out there, if you are interested in this kink and your woman is not, you are shit out of luck. That's right. I don't know if I'd even bring it up. Yeah. (laughs) I I think this is something you have to know that she's interested in. You can't talk her into it either. No. Because coercion is still not consent. That's right. Consent has to be enthusiastic. That's right. It has to be revocable. It has to be not intoxicated. Like Otherwise, it's just rape. Right. That's right. And we don't want to talk about that. Yeah. And we are going to talk about CNC from a very specific perspective. Female-centric. Yeah. The female point of view. That's right. So if you are female-identifying and what you want to experience is being a bottom in this experience. So, you know, talking- It's more than being a bottom. (laughs) Well, it's if you want the things done to you. So Mm -hmm. one of the terms that you might see in BDSM when you're talking about Uh, consensual non-consent is predator versus prey. So we are talking about female identifying individuals who would like to experience being prey in consensual non-consent. And as we mentioned in the intro, this is a super common fantasy. It's like two thirds of all women. Yeah. And I'm guessing it might be even higher than that when you consider all the forms of CNC. I think it Could depend on how they ask the question. Are you into rape play or rape fantasy? I think if they said consensual non-consent and pointed out what the different, what it means. Yeah. It might be even higher. Yeah. So with all episodes, we try to research the information that's available to laymen like Mm -hmm. us, right? And you Google consensual non-consent and there is very little information. Yeah, it's very taboo. Yeah. But one of the things that we learned is a lot of people will discuss CNC and rape play as exactly the same thing. But in our research, we found out that it's it's different. That's right. It's sort of like rape play is a form of consensual non-consent, but it's not the whole thing. The whole thing. It's uh, CNC is more of an umbrella term Mm -hmm. that involves any kind of pretend coercive sex. Right. And the submissive really has all the power here. Sure. Because you have agreed to these things ahead of time and you can set the rules. Yeah. You can say, you know, I don't want this. I don't want this, but I do like these things. I want to be, I want to have a gag, Mm -hmm. but I don't want you to strike me. Yeah. Or you can strike me, but I don't want you to punch me. Yeah. There are lots and lots of details that are worked out ahead of time where you have complete control. Absolutely. And I, you know, to the point that you made earlier, that a lot of people maybe misconceive CNC as only being a very violent form of rape play. Mm -hmm. There are a lot more options available to you to explore. So if you are want to explore like a kidnapping scenario, or even I'm going to say this wrong, somnophilia, which you did a good job. Yeah. Which is, you know, sleepy, sleep play. Yeah. Sleepy sex or blackmail or, you know, some even like 
the naughty schoolgirl mm-hmm. fantasy where, you know, she's if she doesn't take her punishment, she's going to get, you know, expelled from the school. That's kind of a form of CNC. Right. It's it's really just an extreme form of power play where the submissive can say no right. during the experience. That's just what I was thinking. Yeah. You can say, no, I don't want this. Get away from me. Mm-hmm. You can struggle. You can push. You can sh- you know, try to get him off of you. Try to do all of the things that you would do f- to fight back. In, yeah. And you would really do them. Yes. But the key is you didn't use the, the safe word. <laughs> That's right. As long as you're struggling, but you're not saying whatever your safe word is, he knows to keep going because that's that's, that's part the part that makes it consent, non-consent. That's right. So, Kat, why do you think women might fantasize about CNC? Well, I think there is something exciting about giving up control in that moment. Yeah. You don't make the decisions as to what is going to happen it's sort of like you you can lose yourself. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. you have lost complete control. You're not in charge. Yeah, yeah. You don't pull the strings. Yeah, I I mean that's that is really freeing. Absolutely, it's liberating, and mm-hmm. I think that is what a- any submissive is kind of seeking out is the right to take away the burden of decision making and right. of control, but in a very uh, Intense extreme way, way where you right. can struggle against it, where you right. can say no. So like you might think of like a slave um, BDSM experience. Mm-hmm. That person is very willingly submitting to mm-hmm. what's being asked from the dominant, but even like a brat or, you know, somebody or prey where they're trying to get away, they're trying to struggle, they're saying no, they're pushing back. All of that kind of fits under this umbrella of CNC. Right. You know, the other thing that I think, I I find it fascinating and a little bit ironic that nobody wants to talk about CNC because we are all so protective of the survivors of sexual assault. Of course. And I get that. And I'm with you, girls. Like, I'm with you are my sisters and I see you. But I also grew up reading romances from like the age of 12, Mm -hmm. 13 years old. And we used to call them bodice rippers. Like they- They're portrayed in all of the romance novels. Pretty much. The plot of many, many romances involve some hot dude that is just overcome with his lust for this virginal, beautiful heroine that he's like, he's just overcome and he takes her, he ravishes her. Like that's the word that you hear over and over and over again. So a bunch of us grew up with these Wanting to be taken. (laughs) Right, providing context for like what hot sex is. And I think, you know, We get stuck, women get stuck in this like Madonna whore complex. Like you're either the good girl or the bad girl. Or like, you know, some women are are wives and mothers and others are aunts and lovers. But like you can't be both. Mm -hmm. And CNC is this weird middle ground where you can stay good and virginal and not want sex and still get to have really hot sex because it's kind of forced on you. I don't think there is anything perverse or unhealthy or weird or sick 
about a woman fantasizing about CNC. And I I don't look, I'm not a therapist, but I don't think there's anything wrong or sick or unhealthy about a woman who is a sexual assault survivor who might fantasize about CNC. Yeah, I agree. I have a little bit of experience with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I don't think I thought about it at the time. Yeah. But living with someone who is violent to you, mm-hmm. when they want to have sex, you have sex, mm-hmm. whether you want to or not. Yeah. It's not the same thing as struggling and pushing away. I do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I had a lot of sex that I did not want to have and felt reviled. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's... And I'm going to try this, <laughs> but I'm going to set it up in a way that that'll work for me. It feels safe for you. And I have to admit that I do like being taken. Yeah. I, it's That was a long time ago. I'm in a safe place now. Yeah. And I know that. And so, you know, being held down, I yeah. talked about it in the bondage episode. Yeah. I loved it. But I knew the whole time that I was consenting to it. I right. didn't struggle. I didn't fight back. This is going to be a little different than that. Sure. But I think. You know, that went, that went really, really well. Sure. So I, I think I can, I think I can muscle through this one. Yeah. I think you're really brave for trying. And I know that, I know that it's something that you're grappling with. And I hope that there are some women out there who have experienced unwanted sex, maybe unconsensual sex, who are looking to reclaim that desire. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. Like, Fuck the assailants. Yep. They don't get to take away this fantasy. potentially fun form of fantasy yeah. for someone. And when I hear that, you know, over two thirds of all women have this fantasy. Yeah. I, I'm intrigued. Yeah. There's definitely overlap. Right. Yeah. Right. So, Kat, we talked about the fact that like CNC does not have to be just this violent stranger abduction and rape scenario, which I I think a lot of people kind of get stuck Mm -hmm. in that box. Are there aspects of CNC that are like appealing to you? Yeah, actually, there are some aspects of CNC that are appealing to me without even, you know, a question. Uh, Sleepy sex. Yeah. If I can pretend to be sleeping beauty. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I, I like that hypnosis being hypnotized yeah i i could do that with mr cat because i trust him completely i have not i've not been hypnotized but i've seen someone hypnotized yeah and it was definitely legit yeah yep uh there's also like kidnapping yeah 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 you know you could pretend to be a stranger or you could be the master sure or slave play yeah yeah it doesn't have to be violent it doesn't have to be a stranger. It's certainly, I, I would, like, for me, I would only explore this with a very trusted partner. I don't have any interest in setting up a CNC scenario with someone I do not always, already know or trust. I think everybody should do it with a trusted partner. There are forums online that you can go on to find someone who will do this. Yeah. Gosh, that feels so unsafe to me. I, it's, it's I can't even yeah. imagine doing that. But if that's your thing, I guess you should go for it. But I just feel like safety is should be the utmost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll go into some like safer practices and stuff. But 
from a personal perspective, this is not something I want to, like Mr. Ams and I were talking about this. How am I going to set up my sexy homework and stuff? Like, I want it to be with you or Mm -hmm. I want it to be with Mr. Cat. I don't want it to be, even with partners that I know, if I haven't built up that level of trust, I I don't want to explore this with them. And I think there are ways to set up an experience. There's a lot of suspension of disbelief that's going to happen. It's a lot like role play. It really essentially is a role play. That's right. That's right. So do you think you have had prior experiences that you would actually look back and say, oh, that was kind of a CNC experience, kind of like my hot tail? No. (laughs) No. I'm thinking, I I can't think of... Of any time, you know, when we did impact play, mm-hmm. I, I took over. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when we did bondage, that that's sort of close, but I didn't feel like I had to do anything. Right. It, it wasn't was, the point. Wasn't like to struggle or right, to say no. Exactly. Or and like I that. enjoyed every minute of it. Oh yeah. And before we started exploring all of these experiences. Hmm. Definitely not. No. No. Wow. I just realized that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not not uh, not consensually. Yeah. Non-consent. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So I, I think there are a fair amount of past role plays that I can look back that involved mm-hmm. some kind of like blackmail play. Like I remember for the role play <laughs> oh, episode with Mr. <laughs> the, the TSA agent. Mr. Am's dressed up I as a TSA agent. I think of that so often. It's too funny. <laughs> But that, oh you know, it, that fits into the definition, yes, that broader definition of CNC, or it's like, if you want to get out of trouble or like- But didn't I'm, you feel like that was more playful? Oh, it where was this very feels playful. Like it's supposed to be more intense, like a, an absolute no. Does it? I, 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 I think know. when we when we explore all of these kinks, right. like, you know, again, I kind of went into it thinking CNC was all about violence and I don't have any interest in exploring a violent scenario. Like, I, I don't want to be slapped. I don't want to be thrown against a wall. I don't want to, like, maybe thrown on the bed, maybe. But, like, I don't envision it as, like, a violent, mm-hmm. fast kind of experience. I almost imagine something that's really cold and calculated sure. and, like, in, like, like my mm-hmm. predator is like very in control. Mm-hmm. I don't want someone that seems out of control. That seems really scary to me. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't want that at all. Right. So, but I think there's past role plays that involved that that were power play, power exchange that involved sort of the blackmail scenario, and that's been fun. And I don't. I don't know that CNC can't be kind of fun and playful. But in the moment, does it make your heart pound? Does it make you feel that adrenaline that that I think is part of it? So that one didn't. That one was silly. Right. It was too funny. <laughs> it was too silly. But, you know, my hot tail, yeah. I, it that was really spun me up physically and emotionally and mentally. Mm-hmm. So, and I liked it. I want to have that kind of intense experience. But I don't know that that's mandatory. I think you could be very playful in saying no. I think you could. In fact, well, I'm happy about that. Yeah. 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 You know, we should set something up that we're really excited to try mm-hmm. and take out all of the stuff that we're not excited to try. Yeah, I agree. Well, 
I think we've kind of gone as far as we can on our internet research. Maybe we should bring in a subject matter expert. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Let's talk to Dr. Tara, host of Love Bites. We're back with a special guest, Dr. Tara, who is the host of the podcast Love Bites, as well as a professor of sexuality and what a relationship coach, a sexologist, like fantastic resource for tackling this really challenging subject of consensual non-consent. Welcome, Dr. Tara. Hi, Kat. Hi, Ams. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an orgasmic day, and Woo! I'm excited <laughs> to uh, get started talking about CNC. Well, we're excited to have you. So let's just dive right in. How yeah. would you define consensual non-consent? And does it differ from the term rape play or rape fantasy? So in my perspective, here's how I define it is it's an erotic role play where partners consent to non-consensual sex. And there is a big range and variety of intensity of this type of role play and rape play is a part of it. So CNC, consensual, non-consent is an umbrella term. Hmm. Rape play is a part of it. Perfect. I love that. And how does CNC differ from other types of BDSM or power play? I would say when we take an inventory of the types of play in BDSM, uh, if you think of bondage, right? Like tying up, restraining for pleasure or shibari, like the Japanese way of tying up where it's really complex and beautiful. Or talking about the, the other types of submission and sadism and masochism. Most of them don't emulates rape or being forced. Mm. Actually, the consent is continuously verbalized. So in a way, it's almost like the opposite mm. <laughs> because you're in, let's say you're flogging, right? And you're about to like hit that ass with the flog. <laughs> and then, and you know, you're like, you okay? I'm going to give it to you one more time. Like, you know, you say things like that. In CNC, that would be such a bummer. <laughs> you wouldn't ask, are you okay? Because you're trying to have forced sex. Like right, you're right. supposedly role-playing the forceful situation. So in a way, no, they're they're very different. Got it. That's Got a it. great way to put it because I'm I'm realizing that the, you just ruin the fantasy if you if you if you're that. checking in with each other yeah, yeah. <laughs> continuously yeah, exactly. checking in it's like dude are, is this a ray play or not <laughs> stop asking me <laughs> <laughs> totally now I know that you're also a relationship coach and like a relationship expert have you encountered women who are curious or interested in CNC in your practice or in your research. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Unequivocally. <laughs> yes, 100%. As a professor who teaches hundreds and hundreds of students every year, and a coach who coach a lot of couples and women, and a friend who talks to all my girlfriends about it, a lot of women have this fantasy. And maybe they don't want to verbalize the R word 
Um, But Mm -hmm. the term forced sex is used very often. Like a friend would say, I just want to be, I want to be forced to do it. But obviously it's consensual, Mm -hmm. right? It's like with her husband, but like, I just want to be forced to do something. A lot of people say that. I even, I talk about it in my class because it is a form of power play and role play and BDSM and kink. So I cover it in my non-traditional sexual behavior class, like a lecture. Mm -hmm. And I would go around and kind of ask students to anonymously write in like a small sheet of paper, put it in like a hat, and then I would read them. And a lot of them do think it's hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think that we are afraid to verbalize it in public or to other friends. Perhaps you may say it to like one best friend, but it's hard to verbalize mm-hmm. it. Again, there are many reasons why it's hard. Like number one, it seems anti-feminist. Yes. Right. Right. And I think that's the main critique in the studies of sexuality is there is still no consensus depending on who you talk to and also sex therapists, depending on who you talk to, half of them will say it's completely fine. It's giving women the right to choose. How is it not feminist? Mm -hmm. Women choose this role play like Mm -hmm. this is a play they prefer. And they instruct their male partner, hey, I want to play this. Can we plan this out? How is this not empowering? But the other half would go, well, you're under the pretense of you have a choice, but the desire to have this is under under patriarchy. And Mm -hmm. you really don't have an idea that it's actually from patriarchy and male dominance and toxic masculinity and all of that. And therefore, you're not like the most informed person to say, how is it not feminist? So what do you guys think? So I'm so glad that you mentioned feminism, right? Because I consider myself a feminist, but I absolutely love the idea of being ravished. And it's a really common fantasy that Mm -hmm. I have. And and it's tough. Like, it's tough to reconcile that in my Mm -hmm. own mind. Yeah, I completely agree. And as someone who is sensitive to women who have been assaulted, Mm -hmm. I, I feel a little guilty for kind of fantasizing about the idea. Like, is that offensive right? in some way? And, you know, to be clear, we are, we're trying to normalize the fantasies that we have. We often feel so much shame around right. our fantasies. Do you, do you feel like this is a normal fantasy for women to have? Personally? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Personally, I think it's normal. I don't think that anything that's consensual is abnormal. Yeah. That's a good Unless point. it's, you know, obviously completely illegal, like pedophilia, like mm-hmm. that's illegal and that's not normal. But if this is consensual, it's between you and your partner or partners and you talk about it prior and you plan for it and then you play, it's like dirty talk. Dirty right. talk dirty talk is derogatory and non-PC. Some, some of the shit you say, you would never say at a dinner table. Right. 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 Absolutely. You're a fucking slut. You would never say that, like, uh, you know, at a party. Right. <laughs> oh, and you better only say that to me in specific context. That's, that's exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. Where we agreed upon, not just right. like missionary vanilla sex. <laughs> like, you're a fucking slut. <laughs> like, whoa, what happened? Like, 
in. I thought we're having loving sensual sex today. Right, right. right. You're at Trader Joe's and you're like, hey, fucking slut. Do you want to pick up these pumpkin samosas? Like, it doesn't work. Then with me, you can respond with, you tiny man with a tiny dick. <laughs> like, one can play, two can play. <laughs> oh, man. But okay. yeah, I do think that there is a big mental block and challenge when it comes to accepting and even like, acting it out or celebrating mm-hmm. the forced sex or CNC or rape play because of how taboo it is and how, quote-unquote, theoretical anti-feminist it is. Yeah. But in my personal opinion, I think that there's no boundaries in the sense of feminism. I think to me, feminism is when women get a choice for every fucking thing we want to do. Okay, so I want to flip this for a second because when I was doing the research, I scrolled down to comments by different people reading reading the same article. And I came across some men who were saying like, I have a fantasy to rape and I'm trying to find someone who wants to explore this with me. So there are men who have the fantasy to be on the other end of that. Is that normal too? Okay. I think that's a slippery slope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because now when it's flipped, you don't know if that fantasy is a part of role play and kink or is it like a criminal activity desire? Right. Like how do you distinguish, right? And especially with a non-partnered male. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To be like, hey, I'm looking for a new girlfriend that I can rape is it's a little scary. That's what I thought. It's challenging. But, But I think, you know, it comes down to not just consent, but enthusiastic consent, right? If yes. he can and find and planning, yeah. yes, and communication. But he, like, if he can find that enthusiastic partner who's looking for that experience and he's not coercing her and he's not pressuring her, th- otherwise, there's all these women who have this kink and a bunch of partners who just feel sick to their stomachs, like participating in it. So mm-hmm. on some level, we need. Yeah, I guess if you want to have a rape fan, if you want to fulfill a rape fantasy, you have to have a man who wants to also, you mm-hmm. know, be the counterpart to that. Mm-hmm. So- and responses to this topic is typically very visceral. Yeah. Like when you say it, people immediately just kind of they cringe and they're like, ugh. They have an immediate response, right? Or they're like, ah, I mean, that's kind of hot, right? So you can it's it's like it's a very polarizing camp mm-hmm. yeah if you will right there's no mm-hmm. one that's like "Ooh, i'm in the middle of replay <laughs> it's typically like ew no or like oh that's kind of hot right and just you know to be transparent i mentioned this to my current partner before quite a few times and his first response is always like oh i'm i can't do it yeah right yeah like, I, I can't do it. i can act i can't act like i'm raping you but I'm like, whoa, but it's not that. And then we can talk about it and we can plan. We can have croissant and coffee while we plan. <laughs> it, it's, it's not <laughs> like it's we we can have a lot of non-sexual fun planning for it and then have it for one night. Right. right? And, and he, he's, he's turning around, you know, but, you know, in the beginning when I mentioned there's like different intensity and types. So it's not just rape, like rape play. One thing that one of my exes when I was in my early 20s, and this was the first time I was introduced to CNC, he was into sleeping. He was into fucking while your partner pretends to sleep. Right, right. Do you do that? (laughs) 
Uh, well, so we're, we're talking about like our sexy homework and, and like sleepy play or like a sleeping beauty role play came up uh-huh. for sure. Yeah. So this, I was like 22 and my boyfriend at the time, same age as me, was like, I love it. Like when I like try to, you know, touch your pussy and like finger you when you're sleeping. And mm-hmm. it kind of started like that where I pretend to sleep and I was just like, oh, I'm sleeping. <laughs> and then he would like try to touch me and do all of that. And then it uh, progresses through like later on, we're like, okay, like I'm, I'm okay with penetration. So then he's like, okay, then he starts to like, you know, turn me around slowly. So really act like I'm sleeping right. and he's, he's like, trying. you know, the perpetrator. And afterwards, then like I wake up to clean up, obviously. And he was like, yeah. that was so fun. And like, thank you so much. And I'm like, that's okay. It's kind of hot for me. It's not like an amazing play because I'm sleeping. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but I can contribute and like I can have fun if it's not like this all the time. Sure. Uh, so that was like sleeping, like sleeping play. And and, and I think that a lot of people have this fantasy because when you go to Pornhub or like any porn site, it is one of the most popular categories that people click on sleepy. is like sleep, sleepy sex. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, like, that sounds super finger fun My stepsister while she's sleeping. Like, you know, that kind of porn, there's a lot. And like when you look at views, there's like 5.8 million views. <laughs> so, you know, it's popular. Yeah. Right. But people don't talk about that because it's like, oh, that sounds rapey. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. But they watch it. They watch it. Interesting. I, I think about sleepy sex in those years where our kids are little and we're so tired. tired. It's just like, yes, just do it. Just let me sleep. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really different play. <laughs> totally different thing, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not really a fantasy. Can I like pretend, like have yeah, lazy sex, yeah. but pretend it's like a cake? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that could be I, a that could be a tip for a lot of women out absolutely. there. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so we've we've kind of established that for a lot of women, CNC is something that they would like to explore. But I think it's really tough. Like, where do you go from there? So, what's some advice that you have if a woman is interested? How should she approach her partner? How should the two of them approach an actual scene that involves CNC? What are some best practices? Yes. So. I would say, first off, talk to your partner in a non-sexual setting. Mm -hmm. That's very important. This goes back to when I was joking, but not really joking about get a croissant and coffee and talk about how you would play. Right. But I would first because a lot of male partners actually don't understand this fantasy and some of them do not want to participate because they think it's it's so again, it's illegal in real life. Right. Sure. So so it's hard for a lot of men to like, Ugh, I, I can dominate. I can be your dom and you can be the sub, but I don't know about rape play. So it's not really convincing, but I think it's giving some context. Like, yeah. why are you interested? You know, for me, I would say I'm interested because it's taboo Mm -hmm. and I'm a kinky lover based on that, like the quiz of like five uh, sexual sexual style or archetype. Like I'm a kinky lover. So Mm. there are many kinks I would like to explore. And this is one of them. And I find it fun, adventurous and pleasurable. So talking about why you're interested in it may help your male partner ease into doing it with you for those that are opposed to trying it. Mm -hmm. Then I would say have fun planning it, 
right? Like talk about it in a non-sexual setting and then write stuff out like one, two, three, four, five. What what are the things that will be involved in this situation? Like, who are you? Like, what are you going to do? Right? Yeah. Uh, this is where like this variety comes into play. Like, are you doing like regular rape? Are you doing like, <laughs> regular rape? <laughs> are you just your garden variety? Are you, oh, are you doing kidnapping? Not... Right? There's right. kidnapping too, where you pretend like, let's say you're at, you're downstairs or you're coming into the house and, you know, like maybe he wears like a ski mask and like right. come and grab you and like, kidnap you to somewhere and then you know force sex force having sex with you are you thinking blackmailing Mm -hmm. right are you thinking selling so some of these are really intense there's also like selling x race play Mm -hmm. (laughs) that you know i think it's for some people it it feels difficult to to emulate that because also like history but like but like selling and race play can be like your black and you want to pretend like you're a slave right and, and your and your owner is like selling you and force having sex with you which again i want to acknowledge very intense right very right. intense very uncomfortable but really enjoyable for some so sure. no need to shame these people right like just because right. you don't want to participate doesn't mean other people don't want to right um, i would say when it comes to planning make sure you have the planning pretty clear and agreed upon yeah you'd even mentioned like writing things down and i've seen yeah. people talk about like a contract is that something you'd yes. recommend 100 percent. have yeah. things in writing because yes i hope that couples that are doing this already have a very solid relationship right. and solid commitment to one another and you know, not someone who is like new and you don't really know them because it can be very slippery. Sure. Yeah. And it can become scary and almost criminal. Sure. Sure. So having this contract will help ensure like, okay, we have agreed upon stuff and here's it's written out. Mm -hmm. Feel safe. Yeah. 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 What about safe words? 100%. So, so plan to play. Make sure that you write out stuff that you want to do, like, and it's agreed upon by both participants, right? In this plan, write down your safe word, and the safe word should be verbal and nonverbal because you might be gagged and you can't say things. So let's say if I show a middle finger, it's like, stop. Got it. Right? Because you might not be able to say things. So verbal and nonverbal safe word. Then I would say on the day of of your play, I suggest meditate before you start. Hmm. Okay. Tell me yeah. more. So my one of my forte is sexual meditation. Mm. And I have free guided sexual meditation on YouTube where anyone can just get started. And it's five to 10 minutes and it's like a regular meditation practice, but it focuses on sexual sensations and sexual thoughts. It really like preps you to feel more sexual and empowered. And it's for men and women of all sexual orientation. So I highly recommend try meditation first to feel more centered and sexually empowered before you start the play. Because this play, again, can be very intense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then, you know, make sure that you verbally say again, like, here's my safe word, don't forget. And then as you play, 
be more aware of the safe word because sometimes your partner is not into it. And I this is why I think it's better for couples to do it when they have been together for a while. Yeah. But maybe read their nonverbals because there is a difference between like playing and like truly hating something mm-hmm. and really respect that safe word, like immediately stop. Yeah. Because it can be very triggering, especially people with like certain past. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, do you think that this kind of play could be therapeutic? I have talked to a lot of sex therapists and read some research about this type of fantasy and play, and it can be very therapeutic. Because think about all the planning that goes into this. It's taking back the power of that trauma, of the perpetrator. Like, now I'm creating the scene. Now I'm planning this scene. Now I'm carrying out this scene. I finish with this scene with pleasure, enjoyment, and connection with my partner. So it's almost like taking back what's been tainted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I personally think it can be very empowering and therapeutic. However, if you know that you do have assault, you know, past and and trauma, it is very important to disclose that to your partner. Mm. One of my partners in the past had had anal trauma and I had no idea. And I think I can say this because I've had a lot of partners. So no one can really <laughs> identify who they yes. are. Like I've had like 40 partners. <laughs> but one of them had anal trauma and I had no idea. But I, I always love like to help stimulate the prostate. So I love like help putting like my finger in the butthole. But he immediately jumped and started mm. panting. Oh. And I was like, fuck. This was when I made mistakes, right? I did not ask. And that's terrible. But I we've been together for a while. So I had no idea. And and I just thought it would be fun. And that was, yeah, that was insensitive because I, I didn't, I should have said something. So I was like, what happened? Like, what did I do? So I didn't, I started crying because I have no idea what happened. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, like for a long time, then he would, he told me that he was molested as a child mm. and and that like no one can touch his ass <laughs> sure and I'm like okay now i know but you know it's it's hard because when you're in a partnership you really have to weigh like how much can you keep private and how much should you share and disclose yeah. and if you are thinking of cnc which is like it's non-consensual-ish, rape-ish, you should disclose things that are related to that. Sure. Because when you don't, yeah, Yeah. if you don't, your partner had no idea, oh, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. So I would find a way to disclose to your partner. And also for yourself, if you have that kind of past and you really want to play, and during the play, if something feels wrong, don't push it. This is not exposure therapy, you know, like (laughs) exposure therapy is with a therapist, not with your partner. Like, don't try to push and then feel super shitty after. Anytime your stomach started like nodding up and it doesn't feel good in your body, just stop. Uh, And I think that would be the, the key to trying this type of play and kink if you've had a traumatic past. That's yeah, you can really always try again another time yeah. with some, some further conversation or diving into what what it was that triggered you in that moment. Yeah. yeah. And it just kind of you know brings into light 
how important the the communication at the beginning, writing things down. Because I know, for example, a, a friend of mine who, uh, you know, it's really triggering to her to be choked. And I could see like in CNC play that that might be something that a partner may like, oh, well, that's really, you know, kind of in keeping with the scene. But, mm-hmm. you know, for her writing that down saying, do not do this, it's triggering for me is going to be key to having a good experience. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about the partners of of women who want to explore this kink, because I actually think that's where, you know, we're going to encounter the most challenge. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. How how do we help? We've got now got women who are excited to explore this and their their partners, maybe husbands who love them. How how do we help them get through this process and and feel good about it at the end? The men, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the tops. Not I, the I, men it could be to. the tops, right? That anybody who is being asked to be the aggressor, the predator mm-hmm. in the experience. Right. Because we are thinking that both of our husbands might be a bit reluctant. Yeah. You know, they might mm-hmm. not want mm-hmm. to do this. And I didn't think about that really previously Going into when we it. were deciding to do this, but it occurs to us both really that they might not want to. My partner is reluctant. And so yeah. I'm hoping that he'll be listening to this episode. Well, I'm going to send it to him. <laughs> <laughs> I think for the partner who has to take the role of perpetrator, and when your female partner mentions this fantasy, I would say respond with compassion. Hmm. I can see how a lot of men will respond with like, why would you want to do that? Or like a judgy tone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that judgy tone can be very hurtful. I mentioned this to my previous partner before and his tone was very judgy and Mm -hmm. it was hurtful. Like, oh, you you now think of me like less than because I want to have rape play. You know, Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with me like daytime in person, real life person. Yeah, but because of that response, I had this little scar in me that like, ooh, a lot of people think I'm a freak if I mention this. But now that I'm on a podcast talking about it, I'm really saying like, fuck you. No, it's not. This is a play. And it's like anything that's kinky, derogatory, non-PC. It can be super fun, super connecting, very passionate with your partner. So men uh, or tops, be compassionate when your partner mentions it. Refrain from judgy tones. Refrain from like, ew. Or why the fuck would you want that? Right? Like refrain from being judgy. Yeah. That's That's such a good point. I like that. that. Because it's so hard just to, to, uh, you know, admit it to a partner that you might want something that, that, you know, is, is denigrating yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, right. Yeah. That's Maybe we one. need to have them all listen to the podcast, <laughs> to this episode, <laughs> this you know, to everyone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. for the men, right. for the women, yeah, for the men, men for sure, yeah. make them listen to this podcast. Right. Please don't respond like with judgmental tone because it makes us feel worse. We're already, right. we're already like becoming more courageous to even mention this, right? Because again, right. back to the anti, anti-feminism situation. So for us to have the courage to mention and talk about this, We've thought about this. Yeah, a long right. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would say once you don't respond with judgment, uh, responds with compassion, then be interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not saying you have to do it, but be interested in hearing her out. Yeah. Right. Like, so why are you into it? Tell me more. 
right? Yeah. Be interested in this situation, just like anything else. If your partner is like, I want to go to Alaska, be interested. Oh, why do you want to go? Right. Sure. I think a lot of long-term couples are missing this "be interested" part mm-hmm. because when you mention something and they don't uh, put in the effort to actively listen or make eye contact or ask more questions, it makes us feel dismissed. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And in particular, in in this situation, because you've thought about it for a while and it's taboo, and it's been so hard to bring up in yeah, the first place. Yeah. Yeah. So for those partners who are willing and mm-hmm. and interested, what would you say to them about like when the scene is over, when everything's done, what is the aftercare? Mm-hmm. What should they be doing? Be extra loving. Mm. <laughs> be in the aftercare of this kind of play where it's super intense, very derogatory and degrading. Be extra loving and affectionate because you're you might need it to like come back mm-hmm. right yeah. if you've been really into it it could feel like you don't give a shit about your partner mm-hmm. right right if you were really role-playing and if like some people did like you know drink a glass or two of wine and and try to like loosen up maybe a little intoxicated it could feel very emotional mm-hmm. yeah so I would say take time to chill, cuddle, be extra loving and affectionate. Definitely have a debrief conversation. Uh, how was it? Mm-hmm. Right? How did you like it? Which part was super awesome and which part was, yeah, I can leave it next mm-hmm. time. And then recommit, like verbally recommit to one another, which is like just uh, words of affirmations. Mm-hmm. Totally. Do you think there may be incidences where the the submissive doesn't want to be touched afterwards? Like, mm-hmm. is it possible that it can be, you know, so emotional and so intense intense that maybe too much affection might be not the way to go? Or do you think that, I, I don't know. Interesting. I think this is where communication is necessary, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, right after the play, let's say, let's say orgasm is not always key, but if let's say that was something you want to both achieve and you both came and you want it to be over. So say your safe word or uh, gesture your safe word and it's over. I would first do the debrief Mm. Mm -hmm. and say, how was it, you know, before touching in that case, right? Then that would be more conducive to like the stuff that you truly want in the aftercare. I personally talk to a lot of girls and I think we think like being loving is nice because it's almost like a yo-yo effect. Like Mm -hmm. you were so Mm -hmm. degrading, degraded before. Now you just want to feel loved. But I can totally see some women don't want to be touched. Yeah. And maybe want like alone time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Recover on your own. And this is very much how you recover from stress. Right. Right. Because again, like being degraded will release cortisol and will increase your cortisol. You will be kind of stressed. Right. Mm -hmm. Therefore, yeah, I would say that's a really good comment, Kat. I think perhaps ask. Yeah. uh, Perhaps talk about it prior. Mm-hmm. In your planning, add to the planning, like, hey, aftercare, touch or no touch. And then again, like ask again too, because you, you may feel differently afterwards. Right. right. If you've never done it before, you, you might, might not, not know, know how you're going to react. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I I personally think I would want like love and affection and, and you know, cozy cuddling time. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Maybe I'm, maybe I just want to be alone for 10 minutes. Yeah. 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 So checking so, in. 
Who's trying this this weekend? Uh, uh, both of us, both of us. Can I ask a question? I'm, I'm very curious. Yeah. What brought the interest of this topic for oh. both of you? Well, I'm really, this was Am's idea yeah. in season one. She brought it up and I was like, uh-uh, we are not doing that. Yeah. And we we are of the feeling that it's either two yeses or one no. So we Always. don't do anything that one of us really is opposed to. Mm-hmm. And to her credit, she'd never pushed. Yeah. And here we are in season three and we've discovered all these cool things and we've tried all these new things and my mind has completely changed. And having done bondage and impact play and some of these other things, I've realized that there's a lot of different ways to do it. And so it really started to pique my interest and I'm all in. Yeah. I I really, I'm really actually excited about it. So I think that I can do it in a way that's going to be really fun for me. And hopefully Mr. Cat's going to want to play along. Um, Yes, Mr. Cat. Please report back. (laughs) We'll do. (laughs) Well, Dr. Tara, this has been an awesome conversation. I've been taking like furious notes while we're getting ready for our sexy homework. And I am sure our listeners are going to want to know more about you, where they can find you, where they can find your podcast. Can you tell them a little bit about how to get how to learn more about you? Yes, 100%. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. And I feel like this is a very informative episode. Yeah. Uh-huh. You can find me on my website. It's lovebites.co. That's L-U-V-B-I-T-E-S dot C-O. All my information's on there. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. You ready to Thank go do you. some Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm ready. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> And we're back. That was a great interview. Oh, my God. I love her. I had so much fun talking to her. I did, too. I did, too. I want to, like, have drinks with her. I, I want to hang out with her. She's beautiful, too. She's gorgeous. Oh. Absolutely gorgeous. And I felt like some of the things that she said I had not been thinking mm-hmm. about at all. Mm-hmm. So she well, about. she she talked a lot about her personal experiences, she which did. I thought was really great because it's very easy to tell people what they should do and what they should think, Yeah, especially as a sex educator. But for her to have personal experiences that she could talk with us about, give it a lot more color. Yeah. I loved that she pointed out that whenever your partner shares a desire, that's maybe a little bit unusual, kinky, edgy, not PC, like the way to approach that is with non-judgment and with curiosity. And And compassion. That is just like universally excellent advice. For all potential fantasies or desires. Yes. Not just this one. Although this one is boo. Yeah. Yeah. And we get enough judgment out in the world. Our partner is the one person who we're supposed to be able to tell everything to. And hopefully they're going to not react with that judgment. Yeah. You know, sometimes for work or for home or for parenting or whatever, I do this thought exercise called the intelligent alien. And the, <laughs> crazy. Okay. The, the idea being if I were an alien that landed on this planet and I learned about something, I 
am curious about it. I want to learn more about it, but I have zero sort of context and right. judgment. And you don't sort have of any preconceived it. ideas of what it's supposed to be or what it is. Exactly. And I That's think great. for CNC, you know, nobody wants to talk about it right. because it's so hard to separate out the fantasy from the crime. Mm-hmm. And they're so very different. What a woman is seeking out in the fantasy is not... It's not, she doesn't want to be like, not actually want, actually violated. It is in this realm of pretend, of play, of fantasy. And ultimately, she does have control. Exactly. Exactly. So, Hmm. what are you going to do for sexy homework, Kat? Oh, I've been going round and round with this one because. Mm Prior to all the research, I thought that I would have to make up something that's sort of really make believe. Mm-hmm. Like I was kind of thinking of like Catwoman and Batman, you know, where I would be the the villain to mm-hmm. begin with, and then he catches me and makes me punishes me and and forces me sure. because actually Batman thinks that Catwoman is very sexy. He wants to have sex with her. I mean, in the most <laughs> recent Batman, I wanted to have sex with right? Catwoman. She was fucking gorgeous. Right. So there's. It's not like I'm a. I'm a burglar. It's more like I'm I'm sexy and he right. wants to have sex with me and what a perfect way to punish it's me. It's like a cat and mouse game kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I also see where that could be very cartoony. Like yeah. like very inauthentic. Just, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm thinking you know, I thought that the other would trigger me, like have it be really Mr. Cat and he's upset with me and he's going to make me have sex with him. And this is what he's going to, you know, mm-hmm. he's going to make me do all the things. I thought that that would probably trigger me. But mm. the more that I'm doing the research, the more that I've looked at and even talking with Dr. Tara, mm-hmm. I'm realizing that it's okay to have that fantasy, even if you've been a victim of assault. Right. That's right. And I might actually like, you know, I might find it therapeutic to explore that. Yeah. And it's Mr. Cat. Mm-hmm. I trust him completely. Yeah. I do. Yes. Yeah. So so I'm also thinking this is something I'm only going to explore with Mr. Anz, at least for now, because, mm-hmm. you know, one of the big takeaways that I've had with all of this is trusted partner. And there are places that you can go. In fact, in the research, like I found a subreddit yep. that yep. is all about helping people make connections when they want to create a CNC experience. And I would say for a first experience, that is not a good don't idea. Do I don't even know if it's a good idea for any experience. I, how how really sure can you be? I, yes. I, look, I'm not giving advice right. one way or another. I'm just saying this exists. And I was surprised, pleasantly surprised to see how structured it was. There's like 12 mm-hmm. rules and regulations that you have to follow to post in this group. And there's a moderator. The moderator reviews every single post and doesn't put it out there until, you it know, meets all the criteria. Appro- yeah. He or she has approved it for all the different rules. So it is something potentially you could explore with some of these structures. But wow, I, go, I think go trusted partner, I, whatever that means to you, I think you need a trusted partner. But mm-hmm. I do kind of wonder how easy is it going to be to really feel the emotions, to really experience the kink with someone that you know well, would occur- do that to you? Well, and it occurs to me that I haven't really talked with Mr. Cat in depth about this. Yeah. 
I'm not sure he's going to be willing to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I've talked a little bit with Mr. Ams, but definitely. So like in setting all of this up, Dr. Tara was saying that you should be writing everything down with them, mm-hmm. which I think is a really good idea. So like part of the homework is going to be sitting down the two of us and really spelling out exactly what I'm looking for, what sort of sexual experiences mm-hmm. I'm okay with and what are off limits. But like one of the things that I feel like I need to do is talk to Mr. Ans and say, what within this realm of forced sex or coerced sex would kind of turn you on and right. and whatever he says you know be that sort of non-judgmental receptive partner to him right it occurs to me we really have to let them know that it's a safe place to tell yeah. us whatever they really really think we're not going to judge them right we're you know we know them right right so yeah so that definitely has to be part of it like a totally separate conversation in a non-sexual setting mm-hmm. and maybe putting pen to paper and writing stuff down i had planned to do that yeah for sure yeah yeah so you're thinking maybe not so much role play yeah. maybe a yeah. little bit more i was i yeah i just have changed my mind in the course of doing the research and realizing that we did role play Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to do another role play that feels fake and inauthentic and and silly. Not mm-hmm. silly. Role play is fun. I've had fun with it. Yeah, it's sexy. But this is a different kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. I want this to be more real to what it to what it is that we're exploring. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, like the experience that was my hot tail. The reason. That was so hot to me. It was so real. It was so real. And I really had trouble in the moment teasing out what was fantasy and what was realistic. And and like his anger in that day, his like frustration in that day was feeding the idea that, oh, shit, maybe he really would make me go do those things. And that like spun me up emotionally physically right. like it 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 was really hot I well, he under- was truly upset with you. oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> you were in trouble who <laughs> was in trouble and he you know he had told me right afterwards like he really wasn't upset with me by the time we had gotten into the bedroom and we were playing but he he knows like he knows this is my kink he knows that i enjoy kind of getting caught and getting in trouble and getting punished so he played it up but it was it was real enough to that actual experience where he was really angry that it had turned me on. And I, I do have the same worry that you have, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, for, so for my sexy homework, I had two kind of like role play scenarios that I have actually put in front of Mr. Amps. One is like a sleeping beauty type situation. So it's playing more in the realm of like somnophilia Mm -hmm. and sleepy sex. And it's based on a Scene from an erotica novel written by Anne Rice, which I read, I don't know, 15 plus years ago, but she has this whole series called like the Sleeping Beauty trilogy. And it starts with a Prince Charming coming up, you know, coming mm-hmm. into Sleeping Beauty's like room and fucking her before she wakes up. Mm-hmm. So the idea of like, like laying there and and being like stripped down and and touched and teased and like getting all the way to the point of penetrative sex before mm-hmm. I wake up. I'm like, oh, that's 
fucking hot. That sounds awesome. I'll kiss her after I fuck her. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't, want to, I don't want her to wake up just yet. Exactly. So I was like, oh, that's hot. I want to do that. And then the other one is a recurring fantasy that I've had for years, which is like the naughty schoolgirl fantasy where, you know, you get called up at the end of class and it's like you're going to get expelled for dress code violation or for, you know, failing the class and mm-hmm. and the sort of like, oh, you can't expel me. They're going to send me to military school. Like, you know, and and sort of- Ooh, military school. Wait a second. That could be hot too, That could right? be really hot. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a gangbang what? fantasy. <laughs> but, oh, my goodness. So like that idea of coerced sex, like mm-hmm. if you don't suck the teacher's dick or like, you know, get spanked over the, the desk or something, mm-hmm. then- then there are consequences. So that sort of blackmail style of CNC sounds super hot. I personally do not have any interest in the stranger rape fantasy. Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of women do, which is cool. There's zero kink shaming to that. But, and I've heard many women and men, you know, partners saying that women that that they play with would like to set up a kidnapping stranger ski mask breaking into the house type fantasy. I that's like scares me that I don't Mm. want that. So that's not like an area that I would explore because I just don't have a desire for that kind of play. Sure. But I do, I do worry that, you know, the role plays which fit into the category of CNC, but that they might end up just feeling really cheesy. Mm -hmm. I do like the idea of the Sleeping Beauty one. And I think that's one where uh, Mr. Cat, if he's not into the other, might be able to get his head around because he's not showing anger. He's not, he's being, he's being devious and sneaky, but he's not being aggressive with me in that way. I don't know. I'm going to have to talk to him more about it. He knows it's coming up and he hasn't, um, he hasn't said no. He hasn't said he's not into it. We just haven't talked a lot of detail yet. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, so I think we have the tools that we need. Do you yeah. have you chosen your safe word? Because that's important. I was thinking just red, because I don't, yeah. you know, because we've said green, yellow, red, yeah. where I could say like yellow, and he might know he's getting close. Yeah. And then say red if it's if it's a no, because I know stop, don't. That's yeah. <laughs> that's not going to work. Gonna Crying, work. pleading, no. That's not it. The whole point is to have the freedom to say no, stop, to struggle, to cry. Like there's liberation in Mm -hmm. the the ability to just lose your shit in the middle of a sexual experience. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I'm looking forward to. And then I thought the other point that Dr. Tara made, which was so valuable, is having a nonverbal safe word. Yes. So I was thinking – Snapping. Mm, you don't want snapping? I think that might be hard to do in some situations. Well, but like if I feel like your fingers are usually available, you can't clap because yeah, maybe your yeah. hands are bound or something. Yeah. But like you should be able to snap. And why okay. would you otherwise snap? I don't know if your hands are tied up and you can't get, you know, if you're laying on your hands. Yeah, then you wouldn't be able to snap. And yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm okay. just thinking snapping is a is a pretty coordinated thing. That's true. Maybe just, you know, putting up a finger. A finger. I just it, worry about whether or not that would actually be seen. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll, 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 we'll come just up have with to try. Again, we're going with like our super, super trusted partners. So right. and always, you know, verbally safe word if we need to. Okay. 
Okay. Are you nervous? Are you worried about this one? I'm kind of excited, which I'm yeah. surprised by. Because, awesome. you know, in the beginning, I didn't want to do, I really yeah. want to do this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also realize that, you know, in my situation, I don't really say no. I didn't fight. Sure. I didn't sure. because I knew not to do that. This is different. So maybe actually, you know, having Fighting that back and having the, yeah, I don't know. feel really good. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. I, I'm not, I'm not feeling so bad. Like, you know, in season one, I was not ready for this. Sure. No sure. way. Yeah. But now that we've had three seasons, I've learned a lot. Yeah. And I see the nuance in different experiences and the different ways to sort of, you know, gain that back for myself. Take that back. Yeah. Reclaim it. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I'll let you know. Well, let's get to it. All right. (laughs) So that's our show. Thanks for swinging by. And don't forget, you deserve great sex. Now go get some. If you love the Two Hot Wives podcast, be sure to subscribe. And if you really love the show... Rate us or give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thanks for listening. 